This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's magical world. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 276. It's a big episode because it's our first regular episode, uh, you know, as part of the reboot. In a while. Yeah. 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 Eric and the Mike are, are here. It's the start of a new adventure, guys. The role of uh, Andrew Sims will be played by Andrew Garfield in this reboot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's introduce Andrew Garfield. <laughs> uh, I wish. That would be very cool. But we have uh, two guests here this week to kick off uh, this new era of MuggleCast. With every episode, I think we're going to have Micah, Eric, and I, and then we're going to have another person, or maybe two. In this case, we have Laura and Elisa on, two MuggleCast alums. Hey, ladies. Hey, Hey, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to hear from you both. Of course, um, it's been such a long time. Can I just say that since we spoke with each other? (laughs) Yeah, we don't podcast together anymore, so... It's been Literally. like what six years or something? Well, it's been a long time, or six hours, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it. Micah and Laura are full of sarcasm because Elisa, Laura, Micah, up until two days ago, Matt and I <laughs> all host this new podcast called Millennial at uh, MillennialShow.com, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, that's part of the reason why Laura and Elisa are on today. We wanted to tell you about our new podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And we wanted to test their knowledge of Harry Potter because it's been a while since they've been on MuggleCast. So. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be bad. Prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay. So anyway, uh, like we teased on the last episode, which was in December, we're starting up monthly episodes. Um, we will do one every month. We don't have a certain time of month yet where we're going to be recording them we're not sure if we're going to have a certain day of the month where these are out but um you are going to get a new episode every month and uh even if we do set into a schedule there may come a time when say a fantastic beast teaser trailer comes out or we learn that matt's matt smith is going to play newt scamander in fantastic (laughs) beast we're going to do a podcast probably right away or as soon as we can um so new monthly episodes. We also have new album arts. Eric, Woo! tell us about the new album art that actually you designed, sort of. <laughs> yes. Uh, the new design is actually based off of an image drawing by Jim Kay, who is in charge of the new illustrated Harry Potter editions that will be hitting store shelves soon. And it's a, it's a drawing of Hermione. And, uh, instead of holding a jar full of, uh, blue flame, like she does in the first book, she's holding an iPhone and the iPhone has MuggleCast playing. So it's actually keeping with the theme that we've had in our previous MuggleCast artwork. If you guys remember, I believe that the premier artwork for MuggleCast back in 05 was the, uh, US Half-Blood Prince cover. No, wait, yes, yes, with, uh, Dumbledore and Harry. Uh, pouring over the basin and 
uh, then it moved on to the Deathly Hallows. So uh, we actually got uh, some submissions because we asked, we put a tweet out asking for uh, some user submissions, and we really liked those, but uh, I feel like I but Eric chose himself some... in the end. <laughs> I wanted That's to do what something happened. that was more along the, the exact lines of what we did before. So it's a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new is the thing, because it is a new drawing of Hermione, but it's Hermione from like year one, which is so long ago. Yeah, so. and we are going to take uh, the the art that you guys created and uh, put them on MuggleCast.com because we know a lot of people put some time into them. But ultimately, we just we really liked what Eric did and, and that new art that's based that's from the new illustrated Harry Potter books. We liked it so much; it just seemed to work so well. So we ended up. It's kind of an indicator that. of like what is currently happening as well with the Harry Potter series. Like if we had a new book cover, like a new book coming out or even a poster from fantastic beasts, I'm sure that's what would have been used. Um, yeah. But, uh, so it's, it's kind of keeping with the times while at the same time throwing back. Right. So, uh, we got a lot to do today. We got some news. We've got some old segments. We got some new segments. Uh, so let's get right into it. We're going to start with some news, as we always do towards the top of the show. Um, not exactly a surprise, but Stuart Cra- Craig, the Harry Potter production designer, basically you can thank him for the look and feel of the Harry Potter movies, the, the visual aspects of them. Uh, he's back for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Woo! And we also found out in the same report that shooting for the new spinoff is going to begin this summer. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to start this podcast now, because casting is going to be starting up soon. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. I mean, we've had a nice little break here, but uh, coming back in and, and knowing that things are really the cauldron starting to heat up again, uh, <laughs> if I can be. Super cheesy. Uh, but Stuart Craig coming back for Fantastic Beasts uh, is is an interesting uh, – well, I mean it's kind of a, a – uh, wow, obvious choice. But um, I feel like that way the, the films will look as close to each other as they want them to. You know, it's just – it's good good degree of creative control keeping the Wizarding World looking the same even though this is going to be set, you know, 80 years prior and in America. Yeah, I mean, I said uh, previously that they're bringing back David Yates to direct. By the way, Elisa and Laura, I may be breaking some news to you. They're, they're... <laughs> David I Yates. Mean, I mean, I'm not totally. They out knew of all of this. Okay, <laughs> I they did are know that. Diehard Potter fans. They binge read on the weekends. Come on. Well, so what do you two think of that? Did do you guys like David Yates's Harry Potter movies, The Final Four? Yes, um, and also I just I like the fact that they're bringing some degree of consistency. To this as well i think like eric said it's going to like have the original quality of the wizarding world that we're used to yeah i think that's yeah. really important for the continued success of this new venture i'm excited yeah. about it i agree i thought david yates actually did the best job of, of anyone just in I terms agree. of being able to capture the story but at the same time not make it not make it too childish you know like there was a dark element to to his style of directing so I think he did the best job depicting this series. I think he's the perfect choice for, for this movie. Interesting. I've previously described this whole setup as being the Fantastic Beast being too big to fail. You have J.K. Rowling <laughs> as, the, as the screenwriter. Yeah, she's writing the movie. You have it's not David, being adapted. She's writing it. Well, right. And then you have David Yates uh, directing. You got Stuart Craig back. You've got uh, David Heyman producing. It's the same exact 
crew. That's Steve Clovis, apparently, according oh, to right. this article. No, that's true. Oh, yeah, Warner Brothers did confirm that. And I mean, screenwriter. Well, oh, no. I think he's helping. Right. Rolling. Right. Yeah, because J.K. Rowling doesn't know how to write a screenplay. It's completely. It's a whole different beast. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I think I've said this before, and part of me wonders if J.K. Rowling only agreed to this series of films because she knew that she could really have the say in terms of who would ultimately be responsible for producing, directing, you know, a lot of these positions, they're filled by people who have worked on the Potter film. So maybe it was something of a comfort level for her. Mm -hmm. There's the, yeah, there's a trust uh, that has developed between these, this large group of people. They mentioned even uh, a guy that David Heyman mentioned on our 200th MuggleCast episode, Lionel Rigram, who's uh, producing even this as well as the Harry Potter films as well. And so like all these people uh, for so long and they have this very lucrative, uh, to use a negative word, but in it meaning in a good way, uh, business relationship that produces such quality. We're going to continue with today's episode in just a moment, but first it's time to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. They are the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service, and I have a fantastic recommendation for you this week. I read this one about two months ago, and I'm still thinking about it. It's called The Girl on the Train. This is by Paula Hawkins. Uh, You've probably seen it, maybe at Barnes & Noble, maybe you've uh, heard about it online. It is a fantastic book. It's It's a whodunit, and it is so good. If you liked Gone Girl, that's what everybody's comparing this book to. I highly recommend it. I didn't get a chance to read Gone Girl before I saw the movie. And immediately after I saw the movie, I'd wished that I read it first. This book, you have to try. Experience it now before it turns into a movie, because it will. It's called The Girl on the Train. It's a whodunit. While you wait for J.K. Rowling's next whodunit, get this one. You can listen to it for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast to get a free audiobook of your choice. And we thank Audible for their support of the show. Moving on, uh, there's this new J.K. Rowling book out, sort of. It's it's called J.K. Rowling, a bibliography. And basically, it seems really interesting and also really expensive. It chronicles the publication of every J.K. Rowling book from 1997 to 2013. So that means, obviously, includes the entire Harry Potter series plus The Cuckoo's Calling and The Casual Vacancy. And uh, this is more for academic purposes, which is why it costs over $100. But uh, it was written uh, by somebody outside of J.K. Rowling's world, but he worked closely with the Harry Potter publishers in the U.S. and the U.K. and J.K. Rowling herself. Even J.K. Rowling admitted that she is, quote, in all of the level of detail and amount of time Philip has decided has dedicated to this slavishly thorough and somewhat mind boggling bibliography, <laughs> end quote. And it includes things like changes in each edition of the Harry Potter book. So like when a second edition, a reprint 
happened within the um for a Harry Potter book, it notes all the little corrections that were made as well. Um, oh, it yeah, also I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, it's mainly the decision to capitalize certain letters in different editions. Yeah, and just <laughs> but like goofy things, like this one example for Philosopher's Stone, page fifty six, lines seventeen and eighteen. Seventeen sickles an ounce to sixteen sickles an ounce. <gasps> It's they like, changed why? the exchange rate. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why did this happen? It pro- probably in terms of alliteration, I would imagine. Like, well, if seventeen you, like, sickles and sixteen sickles are both alliterative. True, but I guess I'm thinking in terms of the actual, um, like, phonemes of these words. Like, you have sick, and like that sick sound in sixteen uh, and sickles. Wow. We're talking about phonemes on MuggleCast. No, that's that's impressive. I didn't even think about that. Well, how about on page 72, line 25? It used to say a shiny silver badge, and now it says a shiny red and gold badge. Ooh. What does it mean? I, mean I, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I will say I really like the rejected titles, though. Uh, they list them here for Goblet of Fire, and I'm happy that you went with Goblet of Fire. Oh, God. Because I I... Harry Potter and the Death Eaters doesn't really cut it. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Fire Goblet. <laughs> that doesn't work. Fire and, Goblet. And Harry Potter and the Sounds Three like Champions. Sounds a bad translation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you put it into Google Translate and that's what uh, it spits back out. So, I was yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's it just seems really fascinating. Uh again, you can purchase this physical copies go on sale. In April for $120, you can actually get a Kindle version now for $80. Um, I, actually, I, would, hmm? I would love it if they used this as like a jumping off point to just completely rewrite something. Like if it said like, oh, and then actually uh, in the new edition, Harry ends up getting together with Hermione. And everyone's <laughs> like, what? Like what? It doesn't say that anywhere. Uh, I don't remember we're seeing that jk rowling yeah. is just like uh, who's yeah. gonna fact check this fact checker <laughs> who's gonna right, right. who's exactly. gonna take on that massive project you know what i think i think jk rowling should give away some copies on twitter she should that'd be cool <laughs> good promotional tactic get in right? touch with her micah you follow her now i'm gonna tweet at her <laughs> okay and i'm gonna good tell her go. that this is what she should do you get going on that I would probably work? buy something like this, though. I think it's really interesting. I do too. Yeah, more Birthday interesting gift. than Goblet of Fire. <laughs> whoa, I, wow! <laughs> whoa! Wow. Whoa! Some Tell old us how you school read, from old school Harry Potter books. Elisa and Laura, it. do you follow uh, J.K. Rowling on Twitter? I do. Yeah, but I don't but follow I don't... Twitter. I Let, don't really let's re- let's re-ask that question in like three minutes, guys. Go follow <laughs> J.K. Rowling on Twitter. <laughs> no, I do follow her. I just. I haven't really noticed that she says a whole lot, or maybe she has increased. She has the increased. Amount with what she tweets recently. Um, I feel like in the last few months, she's commented on a lot of really big news stories, but previously, I remember I would go to her page and there were like two tweets on it. So I yeah. just sort of stopped paying attention. Well, the reason I ask is because Micah refused to follow her up until December, and that was way <laughs> after she started tweeting more. So I'm why? Just curious. Wait, because he's why? weird. He's just weird like that. Well, th- no, it's here's like the reason. Power play. It is. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Uh, no, she didn't say anything. She kept saying the same thing. Pen and paper are my yeah, priority. Pen and paper. Pen and paper. Over and, and paper. over and over again. So yeah. I didn't feel a need to 
follow somebody who doesn't tweet. You know, <laughs> if I follow somebody, I want to see what they have to say. All right. And now she is the most interesting person on Twitter. In other news, uh, we know we've known for a while that these that the Harry Potter go- books are going to be republished as fully illustrated novels. And for a while, we were left wondering what fully illustrated means. And mm. now we're finally finding out uh, in January, Amazon revealed that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the fully illustrated edition, is going to cost $30, at least after the Amazon discount, and consists of 256 pages. According to the book's description, there will be over 100 illustrations, which averages out to just over five illustrations per chapter. I did the math and figured that out. Yeah, I'm glad you did the math on that. That actually, that sheds a lot of light onto how many, I mean, just just how often you'll be breaking your, the eye from text to image. They just take the illustrations from Pottermore and put them into a book. <sighs> no, I don't think they're doing that. No, the <laughs> Pottermore so ones lame. are the Pottermore ones are too general. Like they're too, right. they're supposed to be because it's right. It's like supposed to be what your imagination. Right, you don't see the characters' can... faces. Yeah, which you yeah, know, and that's this, interesting. This, because I remember mm-hmm. that was a whole big thing with Pottermore. They were like, yeah, you know, we really set out to not change what people had in their heads with the characters, which, like Micah said, that's why they didn't show the faces. Right. But now with this one, we've seen some illustrations, and, and we know they're <laughs> they're showing the faces. Yeah, it's the artist. It's Jim Kay's interpretation. Yeah, we, we, Hermione's in our album art for crying yeah, out loud. Right. Yeah, guys, click click left on your phone two times. You'll see you'll see our <laughs> you'll see our image. That's Hermione. Uh but yeah, so they've gone back to or not really gone back to, but it's a different thing, right? When you're selling a book, uh the actual Harry Potter book, it's okay to have this artist rendering because it's just like the Mary Grand Prix with the chapter uh header images that the American books had. Yeah. Um it was her interpretation of what each character looked like. And I think we don't know for sure, but it looks like these books are going to be wide, kind of. If you look at the placeholder art, you see that the book doesn't look like the standard dimensions of a book; that it looks wider. And I th- and I think that's why this thing is only two hundred fifty six pages and can also accommodate a hundred illustrations with the right. full book. Mm-hmm. So now, I, I is think- the copy changed at all, though, to to make it more simplistic? Yes, they're changing like, uh, seventeen sickles to sixteen sickles. Well, I, was, <laughs> I don't know if you're. Ma- it, it Just seems in case like... you can't count that high yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can. So it's good that they're doing that. Uh, it does seem though that these are children's books, right? Or is it just illustrating them? Because that was the question I was going to throw out to the group. Really, is. You know, do you think this makes them seem more like children's books because they're being illustrated? Yeah. And obviously not all children's books or not all adult books, you know, that have illustrations are, are considered childish in nature. But I'm saying, you know, for such a long time, the series carried the stigma of being a children's book series. And so many people argued again, point saying, no, it's not just for children. Do you think that kind of this kind of goes against that? I you know I don't really know their intentions behind money doing but, this anyway. Yeah, but I mean there are all sorts of editions of popular books that get released like this with illustrations. I'm pretty sure they've done it with, I mean Lord of the Rings for instance. I'm fairly certain I've seen copies of it like that. Um, I think it would just boil down to 
how quote unquote childish the illustrations themselves look. And yeah. to me, what I've seen right. so far, it, it doesn't look cartoonish. No, they look great. They look really, really nice. I mean, the this level is... of detail, it's going to be so fun just paging through these and, and seeing, seeing what he came up with. Because I know there was one piece of art, I can't remember which one, but a character was standing in front of a, a door, I think, in Hogwarts. And there was, there was tons of these etchings of names and stuff on the door. Oh, that's actually the Hermione shot. Um, the Hermione shot, okay. It, it, is, it is, but in fact, somebody um, who saw the album art, I don't have their username, but they suggested that we secretly scrawl our name on the door. Oh, <laughs> so right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll update that album art, but but anyway. Um, so do you I, guys I, think you'll buy these, or yeah. at least buy the first one? I'd like to. I'd, I'd like too. to. I think this is a different way to experience the books because there's, I don't know, it's like, it's official Pictures. art because it's coming from, yeah, but it's like, I, I wonder what it's going to be like to read, actually read through the book and then have the pictures each page. That'll be a different experience, right? There's only so many times yeah. you can read, read the original books. There's only so many times you can watch the movies. So now here's a different way of experiencing the series. And it's kind of cool um, that it's all new, you know, fully realized art over a hundred pieces just in the first book. I think it'll be cool. This, this excites me more than the, like the 10th anniversary, you know, with just the same book with a different cover. Um, right. And by the way, these are going to be coming out once a year. So the first book comes out October 6, 2015. And then the next one will come out in 2016 and so forth. So it's going to take a while for all these to be published. Understandably. Right. So, because there's going to be so many illustrations, especially in the bigger ones, like order the Phoenix. It's probably, over, we'll probably have over 200 illustrations yeah. by the time these all come out it'll have been like 25 years since i picked the books up for the first time oh yeah <laughs> by then jk Rowling's going to be working on harry potter 8 nobody's going to care about these <laughs> illustrated books <laughs> wait what <laughs> what so uh moving on i wanted to mention have you guys heard of these funko pop vinyl figurines yeah they're taking over no. the world they're super they're super popular figurines. They, 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 uh, Funko teams up with all of these brands, including Disney and uh, Game of Thrones. Every show and movie and anyone popular has pop vinyl figures. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, people have wondered, when are the Harry Potter figures coming? When are they coming? And finally, they were announced in February at, uh, the New York Toy Fair. And uh, there's going to be seven figurines, Harry, Hagrid, Hermione, Dumbledore, Ron, Snape. Who am I missing? Is that everybody? Voldemort. Uh, and and uh, they look great. So people who love pop vinyl figures, and I know there are a ton of people, rejoice. They look like Hello they Kitty. Yeah, you kind of do, <laughs> yeah, don't they? I was just going to say I have right, a few from right. Game of Thrones until you said that. I do, I do have a few. I have uh, Daenerys and Tyrion from Game of Thrones, but then I have Belle and the Beast, uh, Disney ones. Um, Such a they're actually uh, all they're they belong contrast. to my they belong to my girlfriend, but they all have the same trademark like black eyes, like you know, um, it's like just pupils. Uh, but the Harry Potter ones look really cute, really, really. I like every single one of them. They seem to somehow capture. Uh, the character in a way that is, I th I'd say, above average for the pop uh, Funko dolls. And I will say that I like how I'm Hagrid trying to is. Oversell it now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of what I do when I'm passionate about Harry Potter stuff. Well, but anyway, look, it's fine. I think if these were around during 
Potter's heyday, they would have sold millions of them. Yeah. I think they well, will um, still sell millions, actually. Yeah, one of the things that they do with Funko is they occasionally have a figurine that's taller than the others. Um, so Hagrid is the one that's, you know, bigger than all the rest, which makes sense. Um, oh, sorry, an ad came up. But uh, I will say that, uh, oh, Hypable's giving me ads now. Come on, guys. Yeah, there's ads on Hypable. It shouldn't surprise <laughs> okay. you. No, it's like, I can't turn it off. How did it? Wait, where'd it go? I clicked the X. Where did it go? All right, it's done. Um, I was just trying to say uh, there's Frozen. Uh, Disney's Frozen. They have, I think, the snowman. Uh, not Olaf, but the snow creature that Elsa creates to kill everybody or whatever, to guard her uh, temple, whatever it is, of ice. Uh, that's the one in that set that's super big. So now it's Hagrid. So that's really exciting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, you won't have to buy the Hermione one if you already have the Bell one because Emma Watson... It's- Oh, hey, you're right. You're right. I'm just going to buy all the other Harry Potter ones and then have the Bell one in there next to Harry. All right. So that's enough for news. Uh, Micah, you're going to bring back an old segment. Quote, quiz, 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 quiz. Yeah. So I initially titled it. Yes. Now that you mention it, I do, especially the way that the quiz trails off at the end. Mm-hmm. Laura, Lisa, do you remember it? I do. It still Today haunts Laura and her and her. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember if I was very good at it. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember either. Yeah. So, see, when when we were planning this show, I was going to call it "Whose Line," but I, I somewhere in the back of my mind, I remembered that we had done this before. So, Eric, thanks for pointing it out that it was called uh, "Quote Quiz." Actually, you got to thank uh, Terrence Pinkston, host of Hogwarts Radio, because I called him today and I was like, do you remember this segment that we used to do? <laughs> and he was like, it was called Quote Quiz. And I was like, oh, yeah. Apparently, we used to do it during or sorry, after chapter by chapter to preview yes, the, the next true. week's chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it was called Quote Quiz. Quiz, quiz. All right. Well, okay. why don't we actually well, do it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Longest good. intro ever. <laughs> no, we're just setting the stage. Come on, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, that, there's in nothing that in, case, the Andrew, in that case, Andrew, yeah. you can go first. Great. Um, so Sorcerer's Stone. Well, you have to give the character as oh, well crap. As, <laughs> as the book. So you get extra oh, points man. as well. I'm going to fail at this. So the first quote, Andrew, never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. Oh, this sounds so – is it Dumbledore? Is that your final answer? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> that would be incorrect. <sighs> I think I know that do... one. Yeah, Ooh. yeah well, we, we can open it up to the group now. That uh... Wasn't it Mr. Weasley, Chamber of Secrets? Oh. Yes, it was. Oh, hey. I, I just almost celebrated by saying a, a bad word that does not go on this show. <laughs> oh, Ken, we're, we're <laughs> we've old, grown up. You can do that. Older now. You could say that. <laughs> okay. What was well, it going to be? Not, a word that I feel is appropriate for a show like Millennial and not this show. Okay, fair enough. All right, Trollope. next one. <laughs> well, congratulations, Laura. All right, next one Thanks. we'll go to Elisa. Yes. I say there are spots that don't come off, spots that never come off. Do you know what I mean? 
No way. That's not. Um, I do, but I'm afraid I'm not sure. That no, that is definitely <laughs> for the other show. Um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I think there's spots that don't come up. Uh, Mad Eye. Yeah, that is correct. Oh. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled a name out of a hat. That's a miracle. <laughs> and what? And what book? Um, I, I don't, I mean, I want to, Goblet of Fire? That is also correct. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think he's talking about Karkaroff, right? In the scene? Oh, yeah, the Dark Mark. Yeah, he's talking okay. about, uh, he's now talking about how Karkaroff isn't so, reformed, although he's really deflecting because he's secretly Barty Crouch Jr. But, yeah. So I totally yeah. thought you were trolling her for a second, Micah. Like, I, I thought too. you picked a quote that was not even remotely related to Harry Potter. <laughs> I was going to awesome. attribute that to Laura, actually. <laughs> uh, all right, Eric, this one's for you. Oh, great. You should have realized if Voldemort didn't kill you, we would. Goodbye, Peter. Why does he get the easy one? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Uh, that would be Sirius Black from Prisoner of Azkaban. That would be incorrect. <gasps> Wait, what? The book is correct. The oh, okay. Says Lupin. It, is wrong. it Lupin. is Lupin. It is Lupin, huh? Lupin's the one who actually says, you should have realized that we would kill you if Voldemort didn't. Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter 19. No kidding, because he's the oh, one who doesn't isn't quite so hasty to kill Peter and Sirius is the one who really is. Huh? Okay. I admit, maybe, uh, maybe it's Sirius who says it in the movie. Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, I wonder. Well, um, anyway, wow. I'm, mm. I'm so ashamed. All right. And one and, more. And finally for Laura, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're all going to be very good friends. <sighs> I have no idea. That's a tough one. Yeah. Him, him. What? Him, him. Is there a scroll on the show? Are you dying? Laura's ready to hit end call on Skype right now. (laughs) Oh, it's sorry, guys. I know what Eric's doing. As I flip through every page of every book for this quote, it's I. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the book would be Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That yes. is correct. Redeemed. That I was just, tough, though. I mean, that could be really. really well, if I would have. I was thinking back to like, okay, did somebody say something on the train to Hogwarts in yeah. the first book? Like, yeah. I was. It could have been Draco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like. Draco. Yeah. All right. Well, that's how we play quote quiz. Mike, out of curiosity, how did you. Did you just go into the books and randomly pull stuff out, or? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, okay. I also looked um, for quotes from different characters, like more obscure characters, not just you know the Dumbledores and Hermiones yeah. of the world. Right, right. Because I think that makes yeah. it a little bit more challenging. Everybody knows Dumbledore's quotes. I feel like for the most part. Yeah, he does have a few of those very memorable ones. Um, no, nice work. I'd say that that was a pretty successful, pretty challenging segment. I like that game. That's a good game. So that's an old segment. And now here's a new segment. I am calling it Pen and Paper Are My Priority. Of course, (laughs) this doesn't really relate to this segment other than 
the fact that that's all J.K. Rowling would tweet back in the day. But now she tweets a lot. And <laughs> if you go on some sites, including Hypable and MuggleNet, the, the, but to a lesser degree on those sites, people love to report on what J.K. Rowling said, no matter how minuscule it was. Um, but so she's tweeting a lot. And I thought every episode we could start looking at some of the tweets just to update everybody, like Laura, who doesn't keep on top of everything she's tweeting. Because she does tweet some interesting things. She's tweeted some big things, and then there's been medium things, and then there's been completely useless things. And we tried to cover them all in this segment if we're not talking about them in the news. So uh, here are a couple updates for everyone. She offered advice to a budding writer. Uh, somebody said, so I have this issue in my writing. I am too invested in my characters and my plot ends up sidelined. Could I get any advice? So I think it's really cool to get some advice from JK Rowling on Twitter. Like that's pretty huge. So JK Rowling said character can be plot plan, plan and plan, but stay invested in those characters. Um, she also addressed, uh, the next Cormoran strike book. Somebody said, can Robert reveal the title? And J.K. Rowling likes to speak for Robert on Twitter, which it always amuses me. She said, Robert shares my only writing superstition, which is that I only type the title page of a novel once the book's finished. So apparently J.K. Rowling still not finished his next Cormoran Strike novel because she hasn't revealed the title. Unless it's Goblet of Fire, then she comes up with like five of them <laughs> that change. Well, well, no, I mean, she doesn't say that she doesn't have the title. She just said that she doesn't type it out on the page. So it hasn't been written down like in the book yet. True. But I think you in another saying? tweet, which I didn't include in here, she said something about as soon as it's finished, she'll let us know. I don't know. But um, I thought it was yeah. interesting to learn her writing superstition, which is that she only types right. the, the title page of a novel once the book's finished. That's kind of cool. There's like a finality to that. It's like because the title page is the first page like, yeah. that you see. Lauren Elisa will like that. this one. She tweeted. She tweeted about a big news item. John Stewart is leaving the Daily Show, one of my favorite TV programs ever. That's major news to get over your morning tea. Hashtag British grief. God bless her. Yeah, there was there was a lot of American grief going on over here as well. It's very painful. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember uh, it was at the Harry Carey and Garp celebration in New York? How many of us were there? We were all there. John Stewart opened for J.K. Rowling or intro Mm -hmm. like the intro to her. That is the only time I've seen him live. But I really loved. Didn't he tell a story about his son reading Harry Potter? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, I don't I don't remember specifically what he said, but. Yeah, I think I think the two of them have crossed paths at least two or three times in their professional lives. Um, and it's clear that they have like a mutual admiration for each other. So, yeah. J.K. Yeah. Rowling was on The Daily Show once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They promote the casual vacancy, I think. It was Somehow a really good that. interview. Oh, that's of course it was. It. Those two are amazing. Yeah, they are. So <laughs> then J.K. Rowling will get uh, goofy tweets like somebody tweeted to her. What should I do with my life? (laughs) She responded to this. She said, ideally, something that makes you happy and doesn't involve serial killing can't be more specific without further information. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that she specifies serial killing as though, yeah. you know, if you kill one person, though, that's cool. Yeah. Just not more than one. <laughs> serial killing, you have to be, you have to kill, I think, three people for it to be serial. So I got uh, two more tweets. Somebody tweeted to her, what's your favorite brand of tea? She said, Lancashire tea. I'm drinking it right now. Huh. And then finally, here's a tweet. I think she gets asked this a lot because she seemed kind of aggravated by it. Uh, she was tweeted a question on Tumblr, uh, from Tumblr. How come when Harry gets bitten by the Basilisk in Chamber of Secrets, that doesn't destroy the Horcrux in him? Someone answer this. So... J.K. Rowling responded, the Horcrux receptacle receptacle has to be destroyed beyond repair, in all caps. So Harry would need to have died, in all caps. And then hashtag, please never ask me that one again. <laughs> I think she's fed up with that one. She's getting feisty. Yeah. A little feisty. A little feisty in that one. Although, that question to me is kind of, I mean, I think it's pressing, right? Because there's this whole, Harry would have needed to have died, but yet... Dying was like what saved the day in the end, him dying. So I'm mm -hmm. still a little bit confused over that question, but I'm going to obey her hashtag. <laughs> you know, I, will, I will say, though, she does do a lot of cool stuff. She she tweets about um, sports from time to time as well. And she actually made a bet. Um, I believe it was with somebody <laughs> in Italy. No, no, this is true. And she bet a signed copy of a book for um, some Nutella. And I think uh, she won at the end of the day. But she thought, you know, so much of the person that she decided to actually send them the signed book anyway. Oh, cool. Wait, wow. some Nutella was on the other side of the bet? The, the, the treat? <laughs> That's what she wanted. That's what she... Oh. I would love to send JKR Nutella. I wouldn't touch the stuff myself, but... <laughs> okay. So um, that's our new segment, Pen and Paper are my priority. I hope everybody likes it because she tweets a lot of interesting stuff on Twitter. These no, she days. really does. She really does. And I'm, I'm grateful for that recap. That's some really good stuff. No problem. I will continue to keep an eye on it. You know, I get mobile notifications every time she tweets because I want to stay on top of her, but I've been thinking Don't about turning... all. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, Micah. <laughs> what is this millennial? <laughs> Come on, man. But, Sorry, uh, that was just too easy not to say. You something. shouldn't have quit, Micah. <laughs> this is what happens. But um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I may turn off mobile notifications because she tweets so much. But I want to stay on top. Not in that way, though. <laughs> okay, so uh, another new segment here. I thought we should do a uh, kind of a look back, a flashback, if you will, this month in Harry Potter history. We're only going to be able to do this for a year because <laughs> otherwise we're going to start rehashing things. <laughs> so so wait, first of 12 times only. <laughs> yes, limited limited run. So Look, this yeah. month in Harry Potter history, actually this first one is pretty fitting. We only have two items. Uh, 14 years ago, Quidditch Through the Ages and Fantastic Beasts were published. This was in March 2001. Do you guys remember buying these? Yeah. I actually I remember coming home from school one day and my mom had bought them for me. So was I mean I can't remember because it was so long ago. Were we like excited when these came out? We didn't know each other when these came out. No, I know, no. but like like personally, like when no. you I didn't even know I didn't even know Potter yet until that year, until November of that year. Oh this okay. is this is two thousand one and it was after the movie that I I mean I didn't even read the books until two thousand two in like June or July. And so 
I'm trying to think when I would have read these companion books, but I, I probably would have read them after Goblet, you know, in that three year gap or which was only a one year gap for me. Yeah. Of, of those books. But I remember liking the books because they're, they're quite creative. They have this like cheekiness about them. Um, I know with, uh, was it Quidditch through the ages? Um, she has those, the writing in the margins of like people who've yeah. previously checked mm-hmm. the book out and fantastic beasts is just funny because of all the beasts and like what their classification is. Um, yeah. it's just like really interesting stuff. Well, and don't Harry and Ron write in the margins of that one as well. I think so. Maybe the I writing in the do. margins is maybe the writing in the margins is fantastic piece. And I'm confusing them, but I, I remember like, I think both. they they're both, both have I it. I think they both too. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're, they're both really funny. And with Quitch, I remember liking the real, like the origin where like queer ditch March was like, or Marsh was like the place where the golden, uh, what was the bird? It was like a bug or a bird or something that was like the original golden snitch, snidget, maybe golden snidget, something like that. Anyway, it's just like totally made up crap, but it was so fun um, to think that it could have happened that way. And they are cool because they benefited charity. Uh, they benefited right. comic comic relief. Over eighty percent of the cover price of each book went directly to poor children in various places around the world. Um, and it was J.K. Rowling's first um, sort of like extra Harry Potter material, mm-hmm. right? Because it came out yeah. after Goblet of Fire. So, and now we're getting yeah. a movie trilogy based on one of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really glad these exist. And um we weren't I mean Tales of Beetle the Bard was meant to be a, a private thing until eventually that ended up going the same route. Right. Um by being published, you know, much later, like ten years later. Um but I'm I'm so glad for these uh relief books. Um they just make the world a little bit more fun. You know, I do remember actually buying these, though, because I, I didn't read the Harry Potter books until 2004, so I don't remember them being released. But I do remember buying them because I felt like I didn't buy them until like 2009 or something because I felt like, OK, you know what? I'm obviously a Harry Potter fan. but I'm not going to be that Harry Potter fan that goes out and buys like every little thing. I'm not going to take it to that next level. Like it was some weird kind of like power thing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 2009 came around and I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm already moderating Harry Potter fan fiction. It doesn't get any nerdier than this. I'm going to finally buy these books. Right. Yeah. And then like half the set, you guys should see the inside of her bedroom. Listen, <laughs> just because I have a few wands doesn't mean anything. You also have a time you? turner, don't you? Yeah. You have, collection? you have so much stuff. I have the Triwizard Tournament cup. Um, oh, a few different things. Very cool I assume things. I assume some of those were gifts, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, I to was herself. giving you an out. I was giving you an out, Elisa. <laughs> They're <laughs> gifts. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, that's what they were. Elisa, I'm glad you mentioned the fan fiction thing. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Elisa used to run MuggleNet fan fiction. Sort yes. of. Oh, man. And now it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted people those, to those know. I, I imagine <laughs> the dark days... And I imagine there was fanfic based on Newt Scamander. I mean, even back then, probably one or oh, two, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was fanfiction based off of everything. <laughs> You've yeah. just seen some of the she stuff we got. Everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's probably what the movie's based off of. One of the Newt Scamander fanfictions. Probably. Probably, <laughs> probably. J.K.R. was hurting for an idea. And she went on MuggleNet and go, went and found it. 
And on the fandom side of things, uh, March 2007, five years ago, it was only, wait, am I doing that? Eight right? years no. ago. Eight, yeah. eight years. Wow. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Andrew has done more successful math earlier in the episode. Right. Thank you. Um, so March 2007, eight years ago, was the debut of the mysterious ticking noise released on YouTube by the Potter Puppet Pals. It um, has amassed 159 million views on YouTube. Wow. After being uploaded March 23rd, 2007. Let's listen to a little bit of it. I've never seen this. You've never seen it? Well, Micah, brace yourself. It's going to be stuck in your head. Hmm. Kind of catchy. Snape's a puppet. Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. 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 Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Snape. Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Snape. Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Snape. Severus Snape. 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 Severus Snape. Micah. 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 <laughs> Micah. I want Micah to redo that with Micah, a Micah puppet popping in. Micah. Oh, yeah. Dumbledore, that'd be, Micah. That'd be awesome. Maybe Micah. for the 10th anniversary in two marches from now. Yeah. We'll, we'll all make puppets of ourselves and, and go do that. Um, Potter Puppet Pals are amazing in general, but uh, this particular video for me is it, it's just my favorite thing that Neil Cicirega who created Potter Proper Bells, has ever done. Um, it's it, catchy. It made uh, him who he is. I mean... Famous? It, 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 yeah, that was his big video. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really the syncopation, the beat, I hope he monetized the rhythm, it. the cuteness. Oh, yeah. You, you have to sit there and add to watch that thing. Yeah. But it's so worth it. Also, there's actually a um, so no, no. There's a uh, there's a following. Um, people at HP cons for the longest time would try and recreate it with their pals. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually if you if you so if you search mysterious ticking noise, you'll get the video. But then also there's a ton of people doing it. Just Harry Potter fans out in public, um, inappropriate places, appropriate places. It's it's really inspired. Degeneration. There I go overselling it again. But it's a lot of fun. I can't yeah, believe there are still people in this world, Micah, out after the show. who hadn't seen it. Yeah, Micah, I seriously want you to record your own version of that with Micah in it. Okay. Micah. <laughs> All right. Seriously, don't do that. Next yeah. month's show, I'll do it. Okay, thank but you. Every name should be Micah's name. So like, <laughs> all of them is just Micah. It'll be like uh, John Malkovich, right? <laughs> Being John Malkovich, he goes in that world and they're all Malkoviches. Exactly. Micah. Yep. Now it's time for another old segment. Uh, this one produced by Eric. This episode, at least. Yeah, I'm giving up. You guys do it next time. <laughs> this was very challenging, but it's a lot of fun. This was recommended uh, or suggested by our good friend Tracy, uh, Tracy Wong, who runs our transcripts, MuggleCast transcripts. And uh, I asked her what kind of segment she would be interested in seeing again from old MuggleCast, and the answer was. Make the music connection, <laughs> which never before had that trill on the mama. But hey, it's new and it's old at the same time. Andrew, uh, I have you running this for me through the soundboard. But 
viewers at home, sorry, listeners, may remember that Make the Music Connection was a spinoff of our other segment called Make the Connection, wherein the British Jamie Lawrence would just make stuff up and we would have to connect it to Harry Potter. Make the Music Connection was a more contemporary twist where we would play a clip from popular music and or really any song in general. And based on the lyrics and the beat, each of the MuggleCast hosts on the episode would have to draw a connection to the Harry Potter world and Harry Potter characters, situations, that sort of thing, all based on that music clip, whatever one that they got. Each person gets their own clip. So who wants to go first? Micah, I'm choosing you. Since I chose you before. (laughs) Micah, I know, is always on top of uh, top 40, so this should be no problem for him. Sorry for using the on top of thing again. No, that's fine. Okay. Mike is always <laughs> below top 40. So. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> All right. So here you go, Micah. Make the music connection between Harry Potter and whatever this song <laughs> is about to be. If I'm a pagan of the good time, my Okay, so that's clearly uh, Take Me to Church by Hoosier. 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 Hoosier Daddy? Yeah. (laughs) Micah, oh my gosh. What? So Make the connection. Make the connection. I heard a lot of Take Me to Church. Yeah. Take Me to Church. Well done. That is the title. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's not... Oh, excuse me. Um, That's not uh, hairiness. What? Connected to Harry Potter. I know. I, I'm trying. I, there's no churches oh. in Harry Potter that I know of. Oh. Don't you dare uh, there bring, was something about bring a... religion into this. Laura mm. Mallory Micah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about her. I don't know. It just seems like almost like a theme song for somebody, but I can't put my finger on it. I would say Trelawney. Trelawney's theme song. As she's drinking in the uh, <laughs> yeah tower. Yeah. And she's you like, know, I... Hmm? Go ahead. It actually kind of reminds me, this is like, this is probably reaching a bit. That's one of my favorite songs. And the whole song, if you listen to the the lyrics, are about like just a man being sort of head over heels, ridiculously in love with a woman to the point where like, hold us, accept. He's saying like, take me to church. Like I'll worship at the shrine of your lies and all this shit, or excuse me, all this stuff. (laughs) Are you going with Bellatrix here? (laughs) No, I was actually, oh, that's a good one though. I was actually going with Snape and Lily Potter, but, Mm. um, Bellatrix is awesome. Bellatrix and Voldemort would be pretty cool too. All right. So next one, Laura. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I ain't no size. This is so clearly about Dudley Dursley <laughs> <laughs> and his battle against childhood obesity. <laughs> nice. That's how the game played. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, Eric, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go. Here's the next one. Nice to meet you where you been. I could show you incredible things. Magic, madness, heaven, sin. Saw you there and I thought, oh my God, look at that face. You look like my 
next mistake. Love's a game. Wanna play? Taylor Swift and Blank Space. Make Banks Blank Space make the connection. Oh gosh. Um just that thing about showing you magic. Uh there's a little bit of Hagrid in there for me because he shows Harry the Magic World, but mostly it's like I'm thinking young Lily uh, and Petunia who's experiencing the Wizarding World for the first time through her sister. But maybe it was a mistake to show her that world because she ends up resenting Lily. That's the best I got. Okay. That's good. It's no Dudley Dursley, but... Yeah, it's definitely not any (laughs) Dudley Dudley Dursley. I think Laura's going to be the MVP of this uh, segment. All right, I'll nominate myself for the next clip. I'm scared. Okay. Why am I so emotional? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not a good look in some (laughs) self-control. Deep down, I know this never works. But you can lay with me. So it doesn't hurt. All right, so that's obviously Sam Smith. Stay with me. I mean, gosh, you could go a million different ways with that one. Uh, it's definitely it's like Filch singing to his cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That could be. Um, nice. I'm going to also go with uh, Voldemort singing to his Horcruxes. Ooh. <laughs> Please stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> stay well, with me you're all i true. need i mean truly that keeps them around okay and then uh this last one I, let's just do it as a group since we've all participated at this point okay if we show up we gonna show up smoother than a fresh job skipping i'm too hot call the police and the fireman i'm too hot like a dragon bone Good thing this is a group one. Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and uh, that popular guy. Bruno. Bruno. (laughs) Featuring Bruno Mars. Uh, So hot, you make a dragon want to retire. For me, that's uh, that's, what? uh, First task, Harry? From... uh, (laughs) (laughs) from, uh, Because he gives that Hungarian horn tail, uh, well, in the movie, a chase. Um, In uh, in the Tribers of Tournament from Goblet of Fire, that's what I'm going to suggest. What do you guys think? I just see it as a song that's like playing at a party inside uh, Weasley's Wizard Reezes. Yes, I agree. Ooh. I was going to say this reminds me of the Twins like theme song. I can see them strutting yeah. down a runway to that song. Well, somebody should bring and, a boombox into Weasley's Wizard Reezes at the Wizarding World and make that happen. And, and maybe hot doesn't have to be literal. Maybe it's the orange in their hair, like the fire hair kind there of thing. There you go. There you go. That, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so that's Make the Music Connection. That was fun. Okay. So another kind of former segment that we're continuing here on the new MuggleCast is Question of the Week. Uh, we ask people who follow us on Twitter.com slash MuggleCast and Facebook.com slash MuggleCast, you're Professor Umbridge in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and you want to create a new educational decree for Hogwarts because you're in a particularly bad mood. What's your new rule? So uh, the most liked submission here on Facebook is educational decree number 104. Students who receive less than perfect marks on any written assignment must serve detention listening to slam poetry by Argus Filch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sam wrote in, on Wednesdays we wear pink. 
Christine said, <laughs> educational decree number 57 and a half. Everyone must walk one broomstick length behind each other. Failure to follow this decree results in punishment by chaperoning the teenage mandrakes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that. Creative. that it, yeah. That, yeah, that took some thought there. Those teenage mandrakes who are crawling into each other's pots, right? Yeah. You got to chaperone. Yeah, they sure are. That's not going to happen. Yeah, they oh are. Oh, my Mike. God, help us. <laughs> Welcome back to the land of the wakefulness, Micah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Goldenberg said, no posts on Sunday. Uh, Rachel said, educational decree number 112. All Muggle-born students must perform the worst song in Muggle history in front of Hogwarts on their birthday or on a holiday. If this is not done, they will be forced to constantly listen to it for a week. Oof. Huh. I'm what is would- the worst song in Muggle history? <laughs> Uh, probably one of the five we just listened to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it probably has to be by Taylor Swift. Whoa. The end, the end, yeah, that was a little harsh, but, uh, the end, what? end times, end of days. You just insulted our entire audience, Micah. <laughs> Maybe Not five the first time ago. you've done that this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the only time that he's insulted anybody this episode. <laughs> uh... Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, I like this one from Danielle uh, Breitstein, who says, uh, educational decree 394. Uh-huh. Students are forbidden for the, from the use of fractions, and decimals are, required, or decimals are 100% required. For example, the Hogwarts Express platform will here on out be listed as platform 9.75. That's just mean. I like this one. Educational decree number 87. Students who receive detention must clean Professor Dolores' kitty plates without <laughs> magic. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who participated. Uh, you can participate yourself by following us on Twitter, twitter.com slash mugglecast or facebook.com slash mugglecast. Speaking of those, I am so happy to say that the Mugglecast Facebook has reached 80,000 likes. Wow. That's a lot of likes. Wow, that's yeah. insane. It's funny because when we stopped regular episodes of MuggleCast back in like 2011, it only had like 30,000 likes. Um, <laughs> but it's grown because we're continuing to post news on there. So mm-hmm. thank you to everybody who liked us on Facebook. Um, so so those are our two social media channels. And then, of course, MuggleCast.com. Uh, Elisa or Laura, I want to tell everybody about Millennia, our new podcast that we're also doing with Matt, who will also be on a future episode of MuggleCast sometime. Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. So um, Millennial, the hashtag is silent. It's very important that you know that. Um, There's a hashtag (laughs) in front of the title. Um, The show was something that we had all been talking about doing since, what, November of last year? Um, so we put a lot of planning time into it before we launched it, but essentially the idea is that it's, it's the millennial perspective of things that are going on in the world right now, but we also have some fun games that we play. Uh, we play, we do pranks and other stuff like that. It's just a really fun show, a really great balance between serious news and the way that we just <laughs> kind of bullshit our way through some other stuff. Um, so I definitely recommend you listening to it. It's, I think, a really, really great fusion of personalities as well. We have really great chemistry with each other just because we've known each other for so long, 10 years. People who used to listen to Smart Mouths will recognize that it's it's sort of similar to that, but it's a new take on it. 
Um, and we're in a podcasting a golden era for podcasting, as it was recently yes. described. Podcast renaissance. Right. And I mean, that's one reason we wanted to bring back MuggleCast. And that's a very large reason for why we wanted to launch this new podcast. And of course, Laura, Elisa, Matt and I are all really good friends, like um, Laura mentioned. Even on the MuggleCast site, if you go to the homepage right there, you can see Laura, Elisa and Matt with Jim Dale back in 2010. Oh, so. my gosh. That's a <laughs> throwback. Oh, picture still up? Still up. <laughs> yeah, it's still up. We haven't changed the layout yet. Maybe yeah. we will. I mean, yeah. if you guys, if at the very least you want to hear stories about some of the crazy stuff we got into while we were at Harry Potter conventions, then you should go listen to Millennial. Yeah, that's a new oh. new segment idea. <laughs> <laughs> stuff we did at Harry Potter conventions. I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> there were those times show. when I was... Eric, you those, know some of it. You were I there. know some of it. There were times when I was locked out of the room or not invited, but I will say <laughs> Do I want to know what was going on? Or Ben stole your razor blade? Did you do that? uh, For your own safety. Oh my god, I remember that. I did flip out more than I should have on Ben for the razor blade. That was that was one of my not so proud moments. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh, it was bad. That was was bad. It was bad. The funny thing is, um, Eric still doesn't even shave. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I didn't even need the razor. Ah, yeah, you know, that's spe- super funny. Speaking of the pictures in, on the MuggleCast website at the top, one time I actually met a girl in one of the pictures after we had launched this redesign, and I recognized her, but I didn't know what from. And I was like, <laughs> I know you from somewhere. And she's like, yeah, I'm on the top of the MuggleCast site. I was like, oh, that's how I recognize you. That's awesome. Yeah. You've seen me from your website. <laughs> like- <laughs> right. So um, anyway. loyalty check, Andrew? So yeah. visit millennialshow.com. You can grab the podcast. It's there. It's also on iTunes. And uh, you can oh, listen to it every you know week. This sounds like a great show. I really am going to give it a listen. Yeah, if you I listen to the eating. first seven episodes, you'll hear Micah. But uh, he decided the show's <laughs> not for him. And it's okay. Well, but... seven, seven's, a good, seven's a good number. You know, I forgot to write in the doc. I was going to ask Laura if there was a P.O. Box update. <laughs> <laughs> so funny enough, um, I still have a huge bag full of stuff that we got at the PO box. Really? That I just never got around to sending because most of it was general. I want it. Yeah, I want it. <laughs> I want it more. Here's the here's the funny thing. I took over the PO box in the day because Ben originally ran it. And if you guys recall, he was terrible at it. Like, <laughs> he never checked it. He never sent anybody their stuff. And so I was like, screw you, Ben. I'm taking over. You don't know how to do this. And now I have all of this stuff sitting in my closet in my parents' house. Now you're not Georgia. mailing it out. Now, now I'm terrible at it. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to be in New Orleans next week. Maybe I'll drive to Cumming, Georgia and pick yeah, the bag it's, up. It's really close. It's not a far drive. I don't know if you're kidding or not, but <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. So anyway. I, 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 I want that stuff. I want that. <laughs> and uh, Mike and Eric also wanted to plug their podcast, Game of uh, Game of Owns. Game of Owns. So yeah. I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast also watch HBO's hit series, Game of Thrones. But uh, the fifth season of that show is just about to premiere one month from 
uh, tomorrow or perhaps one month from today, depending on when this episode airs. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we go through, uh, right now we're going through the books in the off season hour, as we like to call it the on season, kind of reminiscent of what we used to do with chapter by chapter on MogulCast. And, uh, it's a really great world, great series. Each book is like a thousand pages long. So, you know, there's just a lot of stuff and the adaptation is very, uh, rich. I won't say faithful because things are changing, but it's very rich. Micah, what do you think? Uh, just like Elisa said, I agree with everything that uh, <laughs> you just uh, put out there. No, I think it was a good summary of the show. And, uh, you know, with the season just about a month away, you know, we're excited. We got a trailer earlier this week um, that we'll be talking about in an upcoming episode. And uh, you can check us out, gameofowns.com or facebook.com slash gameofowns at gameofowns on Twitter. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, we we tried to make it easy for people. So, uh we appreciate it if you're interested in the show, you know, uh, or the book series. Give us a listen. All right. And as always, you can go to the MuggleCast website at MuggleCast.com, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast, and Facebook.com slash MuggleCast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Laura and Elisa, thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you on again yeah, in the thanks future. thanks for having us. It was fun. No, it was fun. No problem. Say hi always to Jim Dale Always great to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Micah. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I'm sure it's going to be like another six months before I see you. So, no, oh. we're going to plan something. Yeah, you have family. You guys live in the, you guys live in the same city now, right? Uh, that's what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going the into, rumor. I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling about this twelfth uh, quarter of the show that we're going into right now with episode two seventy six. I feel like we'll be hanging out with each other uh, once again, like we used to. Harry Potter brings people together. This will this August will mark MuggleCast's tenth anniversary, if you can believe that. Oh so God. Yeah it will. Yep. Yeah it will. All right. We'll see everybody uh in April. Feel free to uh send us an email, any feedback about today's episode, any suggestions for what we can do in the future via social media or maybe email mugglecast at gmail.com. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Elisa Montfort. Oh, look at that. That works so well. Oh, my God. It was like we just went right back into our old Muggle cast. Yeah, I love this. I love love everybody here right now. Aww. Aww. (laughs) All right. Bye, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you. We'll see you all next time for episode 277. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet you. Where you been? I could show you incredible things. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it if people are laughing. It's going to make me laugh. Magic, madness, heaven, sin. Saw you there and I thought, oh my God, look at that face. You look like my next mistake. (laughs) 